A reading from the Tao Te Ching, verse 76. People are born soft and supple. Dead, they are stiff and hard. Plants are born tender and pliant. Dead, they are brittle and dry. Thus, whoever is stiff and inflexible is a disciple of death. Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. The hard and the stiff will be broken. The soft and the supple will prevail. Well, I mentioned earlier we have uh, meditation on Mondays here at the chapel, and I had that reading come up last Monday during the meditation class. And to me, when I heard it, it seemed such an apt bridge between what we were talking about last Sunday and what we're talking about today. Last week, we were talking about the cycles of life. And I was saying that when we become stuck, we can't move on. We literally turn to stone in our lives. And I mentioned that incredibly strong image from C.S. Lewis's Narnia books where the white witch keeps everything in permanent winter and those who want to move forward get turned to stone, petrified. Literally, that word means turned to rock from petris being rock in Latin. So they're actually petrified. And that Verse from Ezekiel, a new heart I also will give you, and a new spirit I will put into you, and I will take away your stony heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh. So lovely to hear the sound of children in the chapel. I always say to people, it's, we prefer to hear the sound of children than have no children in the chapel, so... I am very happy with the sound of children. Mary-Kate, it's lovely to have you. Anyone's thinking that? That's our attitude to it. So I was saying, really, that this heart of flesh enables us to become the still point in the turning world. That heart of flesh is what enables us to become T.S. Eliot's still point in the turning world. Whoever is stiff and inflexible, it says in that reading, is a disciple of death. Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. And by that flexibility, by that heart of flesh, we're able to contain what goes on around us while still staying in the center. And I think that naturally leads us to this concept of responsibility. In being, you know, someone came up to me, uh, earlier and said, oh, I'm not responsible. I've never wanted to be responsible in my life. And we do rather shy away from the idea of responsibility. But I think it's an interesting concept. In being a still point in the turning world, in acknowledging all the cycles that go on around us and within us, you know, the cycles of the planets, the cycles of our hearts, the cycles of blood going around, and within us the cycles of the electrons going around the atoms, all our life is movement in cycles. We feel like, you know, it's all fixed, but it's not. 
Everything's moving within that pillar. There are atoms flying around and electrons and there's stuff flying around the sun and blood coursing around. It's all cycles. In being the still point in the turning world, in acknowledging all those cycles going on around us, we have to still stay engaged. We can't be the still point in a turning world and be unengaged. That's to be a disconnected point in a turning world. And many of us find ourselves doing that. We become disconnected. We mistake being still for being disconnected. We want to turn off and just be ourselves. You can't do that. It's, we're connected to all that movement. The still point in a gyroscope is not disconnected. Everything about it in the gyroscope is involved in movement, but there's one point that stays still, and that gives the gyroscope balance. And to be the still point, rather than the disconnected point, is to take responsibility for what's going on around you. That gyroscope is, is still because it's part of all that stuff that's going on around, whether it's politics, whatever it is, all the stuff. We have to be connected to it, like that still point in the gyroscope. And, and to be connected is to take responsibility for everything. You know, responsibility comes from the Latin word responder, which means to offer something in return. The root of the word responsibility means to offer something in return. As well as being the still point, we have to offer something in return. You know, traditionally, when you look it up, responsibility means being dependable, keeping promises, honouring our commitments, as well as accepting the consequences of what we say or do. That's the sort of traditional meaning of it. You always get people saying, well... To be responsible is to be response-able, to be able to respond. And I think there's some truth in that. But for me, there are two aspects to the idea of offering something in return. There are two parts to offering something in return. The first is to be able to offer something meaningful in return to the circumstances that come our way. Whatever's coming in our direction, to be responsible is to offer something meaningful to those circumstances. So often when circumstances come our way, we're just thrown about by those circumstances. And our response is actually by way of trying to stop ourselves being thrown around at the effect of what's happening. And in some cases, you know, the, the, you know what we do makes it even worse. You know, we're trying to control the situation. You know, being outraged by something and rushing out and protesting that thing you know, often just exacerbates the situation. And when we get into an argument, we say, I was just standing up for myself. You know, we counter with that. We, we, we just come back with the same sort of thing. But in reality, in reality, we were actually trying to get control of the situation by using our force of will. We're just trying to get control because we don't like it. To be the still point in a situation, though, is to be light. It's to contain what's happening without being thrown around by it, to contain it. There's that lovely quote I've mentioned before by Viktor Frankl. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. Between stimulus 
and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. That space between stimulus and response is the still point in the turning world. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. It's in that moment we're still in that space. We're not thrown about. We're able to respond in a way that's loving and appropriate. It's not a knee-jerk reaction, but one that offers love in return for whatever we've received, where we consider it and we think, what is the most loving response? When we respond in anger, when we respond in fear or in some other emotion that's generated by our circumstances, we're not really offering anything in return. We're just reacting. And as such, we're just amplifying what's already there. You can see it around you in all circumstances. To take the space to be still and then to respond out of that stillness is to bring a new consciousness into the circumstance and therefore make a difference. You know, Jesus is teaching on response. You know, he he said, you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist the evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you to take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, then go two miles with them. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. That is offering something in return. I mean, those readings are always known as the hard readings, the ones that no one really ever does anything with. They just say, oh, that's interesting. You know, I can't do that, obviously, in our life. But actually, you know, the, it's, 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 he's saying there's a different way of responding. That's what he's saying. To offer something in return. Something that doesn't go the way of the original energy. You know, the energy's going that way, so you, you tend to go with it, and it just keep, carries on. But this stops it. This is, a, this is a response that is designed to actually make a difference to the situation. It breaks the cycle. I remember telling the story before. I was once in a taxi driver in a taxi in London. And you think taxis in New York, taxi drivers are rude in New York, in London, abominable. And this guy was just so rude to me. I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, he just, on and on. It wasn't a very long journey. Anyway, it was, in the end, it was five pounds, the journey. So I gave him his five pounds. And then I gave him a, a, a 20-pound note and said, that's for your service. And he had the look on his face. It just stopped him in that moment. It's that sort of not going with it. Not saying, you were so rude to me, I'm not going to give you a tip. You know, that just exacerbates it. And what Jesus is saying there is stopping it in that moment. And that breaks the cycle. So I think that responding, giving something back is breaking that cycle. And that leads us, I think, to the second part of responsibility, which is seeing the part we play in the circumstances as they come about. Seeing the part that we play in circumstances as they come about. You know, we see the sense in which we're often responsible for the relationships that we create. We can see the part that we've played in getting them to the way that they are. You're responsible for what happens. You know, such as, I've got a liver problem because of my drinking. I mean, you know, 
you can take responsibility for the fact you've got a liver problem because of your drinking. In that way, it's about taking responsibility for our actions. We can see the part we play in the effect that those actions have caused. The actions that we've done in our life have caused those. But I think that level of responsibility goes deeper. You know, when Jesus talks about turning the other cheek and giving a coat if someone asks for a shirt, he's speaking about a level of responsibility that asks us to identify with the creative process, with creation. He's asking us to identify with the whole of creation, to see that we're both connected and responsible for the whole created order. Almost an identification with the ground of all being. Now, Jesus actually says in the, in the New Testament at one point, I and the Father are one. He says, I and the Father are one. And if you see Jesus' ministry as pointing out the potential of all humanity by showing the potential in his own life, if you see Jesus' ministry as, as being pointing out the potential of humanity by showing the potential in his own life, which is, which is what I do, then he's pointing out to that sense that we're connected to God in our identity and are asked to take responsibility for creation in the way that that divine reality does. And it's right the way through the Bible, you know. God made man in his own image, in his likeness. There's that, that, that whole idea of our identity being rooted in that divine nature. And Jesus really says, I am and the divine nature are one. And he's saying, that is the lesson for us, to recognize our responsibility within the divine nature. In another part of the Tao Te Ching, it says, a great nation is like a man. When he makes a mistake, he realizes it. Having realized it, he admits it. Having admitted it, he corrects it. He considers those who point out his faults as being his most benevolent teachers. He thinks of his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts. And that's fascinating. He thinks of his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts. Now that is true responsibility. We cast ourselves in this level of responsibility as both the problem and the solution, the question and the answer, the cause and the effect. And that's really what's known as non-dual thinking, which is that whole spiritual watchword for this level of responsibility, non-dual thinking. It recognizes the whole and our place within it the whole and our place within it. As we said a couple of weeks ago, to be holy is to be fully whole, W-H-O-L-E. The word holy comes from the word whole. And to be whole in this sense is to acknowledge that we have responsibility for what goes on in the world. You know, whether you call it grace or karma or atman or part of ourselves, it's that part of ourselves that has some skin in creation. You know, we, we've got something in there in the sense, you know, of that breakfast analogy in terms of, you know, the breakfast analogy, you know, bake, breakfast, bacon and eggs, the pig's committed and the hen is not. <laughs> the pig's committed 
and the hen is not. To be responsible in both senses of the word is to be committed. Committio, to be sent with. So interesting where these inter- entomologies come from. Committio, to be sent, mitio, with. Literally, being joined with. Commitments being joined with. We are joined with creation in our responsibility. We see the part we've played in bringing about our circumstances. You know, not in being our fault. You know, obviously, if you're in an abusive relationship, you should get out of it. You know, it's not a question of, oh, it's my fault in those circumstances. It's much more the idea that we are part of humanity and therefore we are part of that consciousness that's brought us all to this point, wherever that might be. It's taking responsibility on a much bigger level. And that having seen our part in it, we don't react in an unconscious way, thereby exacerbating the problem. I mean, you know, it isn't rocket science. We don't react in an unconscious way, thereby exacerbating the problem. Rather, we become that still point, and we respond with love in a way that is intended for the good of the whole. That is the key. It's like being an instrument in an orchestra. The idea is not to drown out everybody else, or to say that, my, you know, my instrument is better than all the other instruments here. You know, it's rather to sensitively join in with all the other instruments in making a beautiful noise. That is our role. Our role in being truly responsible in our lives is to have our chime as a beautiful noise be alongside all the other noises that are made. And it's true harmony in action. And that's an interesting word, isn't it, harmony? You know, harmony, you've got the meaning of the notes that go together to make a beautiful sound, and also harmony in the sense of people getting along with each other. And, you know, here we are again, entomology. The root of the word harmony comes from the word harmos, H-A-R-M-O-S, which means, funnily enough, joining. Harmony and commitment both have the idea of joining at their root. That is the sense of what both words mean. So responsibility brings us back to the joining together of things, the inner world and the outer world, the acknowledgement of ourselves as a still point in a turning world, the evolution of consciousness, the sacred and the profane, all one together in an unfolding perfection, if we could but see it in that way. And the key is to recognize our true place within it. You know, we're not someone on the sidelines, you know, as a bit player in someone else's game. We are absolutely right at the centre. And that is our experience in life. We are at the centre of life. We're 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 convinced by everybody else that we're just on their sidelines, you know. You might be able to get in here if I let you, and, you know, this is all going on, you can't make a difference to it. But really, our experience is that we're at the centre of things. And the truth is that we are responsible for all that's going on in an involved way. And that speaks to the fact that we do have an effect. Who we are has meaning individually, despite what we tell ourselves and despite what the world tells us. And by assuming responsibility 
we become the grown-ups in the room. You know that feeling when you look around and wish there was a grown-up in the room? I mean, as kids we do it, but we, we still continue to do it today. You know, look around, I wish someone would take responsibility and tell us what to do. You feel that in the world situation. You just feel that, that desire for leadership in all the mess that's going on. And really, you're asking for a grown-up in the room. We even do it with God. You know, I wish God would come along and sort this out. You know, we make ourselves kids to God. We say that God's, you know, that's the ultimate thing. God's the grown-up in the room. He'll handle it. You know, we're just so willing to be children, to engage in scrapping with others, in moaning, in arguing, in being a victim. You know, it's so much easier to do that. Well, get this. We are the grown-ups. Well, we should be. It really is up to us in that, in that room. Whether you're, whether you're with your parents, you think, oh gosh, I wish they'd do this. They're always doing... You've got to be the grown-up in that situation. You've got to think, right, how am I going to love this person so that this works out? With your brother, how am I going to love this person so this works out? With your friends... How am I going to take responsibility for this? With your boss? You've got to be the grown-up in the room, no matter what it looks like. When people go around, you know, around us are behaving like idiots, to be the victim is to remain the child. To react is to remain the child. To blame is to remain the child. To accuse is to remain the child. But to be responsible in this way is to be the grown-up in the room. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only in a reflection a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. Now in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. To be responsible is to know fully and to be fully known. It is to put away those childish things. It is to be fully known and to know fully. It is an attitude that can turn things around on a personal level and on a community level and on a political level. It is 360 degree awareness. And I think that's quite an interesting concept. It is 360 degree awareness where you're aware of what's going on, you're aware of what's here, you're aware of what's in your consciousness, you're aware it's 360 degree awareness. Awareness of what's going on around us, what's going on inside us, and seeing that we're connected to it all and can make a difference. And you know, when you get that, the the level of Worry goes down. You become less petrified, less rock-like. You can act because you're the grown-up. You can go and do things because you're taking responsibility. True responsibility is what leadership looks like. And boy, do we need it now. To be willing to take that role in your life, to assume the role of the grown-up in your relationships to see that others are struggling and that however annoying they may be, 
We can help them by not reacting to them, but by compassionately caring for them. With your circumstances, with your family, with your friends, in your community, and ultimately out there in the world. You never know. It could save the planet. There's nothing else. <laughs> I'll come to this blank bit here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, let's pray. And let's just hold in our hearts all those touched by those awful events in Las Vegas, all those families thrown around by death, maiming, injury, unbearable circumstances. And we hold them and maybe see our part within all of that. I pray for other desperate situations around the world. Pray for Iraq and Afghanistan. Pray for people still suffering from earthquakes and floods in our country, in Mexico, in Southeast Asia. Potential flashpoints in the world, in Crimea, in North Korea in Spain, we ask for hearts to become still points in that, those turning circumstances. And we ask that you may bless us to enable us to know what to do, what to say and how to respond. I pray for all those also in our community who are suffering at the moment, particularly pray for Cindy Bonds, for Anne Bayard recovering, for Sharon Wells, for Elise Strickland, who's not doing so well at the moment, Anne Lindley and Joan Valentine, for Lee Bouguet and Soleil, for Tegan, had an operation, for Barbara Orcutt, for Molly McCarthy Coman, Pat Smith, for Will Welsh and for Patricia Hill. And we just ask for your prayers and your healing power to go to all those people and situations that the stillness of your love may touch all. We pray this in Jesus' name.